0: This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives. That you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not to give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Alright folks, I got but one message to convey Today, we got but one life to live. Don't live it in sin. Amen. Folks, today I implore you to listen to the very end of today's message because I'm talking to both the sinful, unrepented man and woman and the saint the Ecclesia, the called out ones in Christ Jesus. So, before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and we want you to be our King. Father, you showed us what love looks like when you sent Jesus to this sin-sick world who was and is steeped in sin to save us. Father, your word says in Romans 3, 20 to 31 For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. We know, Father, that Christ took our punishment. Verse 21, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin, People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them, and what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Amen. Can we boast then? That we have done anything to be accepted by God, no, because our our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it is based it is based on faith, so we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Verse 29, after all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith? Does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Amen. Father, I pray that today's lesson and exhortation Serve as an encouragement that the Word says that you is love. God is love. But Father, we must also understand that you are a just God, a faithful God, and that there is a penalty, eternal separation. For anyone who does not believe in your Son, who does not repent of their sins, and who obey not the gospel. So, Father, I ask for help and wisdom to convey today's message that we got but one life to live and that we shall not live it in willful practicing sin. Thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy and your grace. May the Holy Spirit move on me, illuminate my mind, give me understanding into the deep things Of your word, because Father, I want to learn. And I pray that those who have ears, let them hear today what the Holy Spirit is saying. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Grab your Bibles, grab your journals, and your pens, and your paper. We got a ton of of scriptures that we got to get through today. Because starting off, Hebrews 9, 27 to 28 says, It's talking to each and every one of us. It says, this is the Amplified. And just as it is appointed and destined for all, for all men to die once, and after this comes certain judgment. Verse 28, So Christ, having been offered once and once for all to bear as a burden, the sins of many will appear a second time when He returns to earth. Not to deal with sin, but to bring salvation to those who are eagerly and confidently waiting for him. Amen. This is true, my friends, for both the sinner and the saint. This scripture is saying just as it is appointed once for man to die so Christ, having been offered once to bear all of our burdens, the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, because that is what he dealt with when he first came to this world. When Jesus comes back, it says, But to bring salvation, to bring eternal life, folks, to those who are eagerly and confidently. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And that is the key, confidently. You want to know why? Those of us who are eagerly waiting for Jesus to come back. Because we are confident. We are keeping ourselves out of sin. Amen. So when he comes back, we won't shrink back in shame. Because he done caught us red-handed when he told us, just like he told the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery in John 8, 11, to go, comma, and sin no more. Even John, the apostle, tells us to sin not. Paul tells us to sin not. So, we don't want to be found wanting when Jesus returns. So... We got to keep this in mind. We only get one shot at this thing. Because life in the flesh, it is so fleeting. One moment you are here and then you are not. It happens just like that. You got the young and the old Dropping like flies every single day. So, I want to herald a message today. First, to the unrepentant, please be warned. Acts 17, 30 to 31. Folks, today I am going to be reading out of the Amplified for all of these scriptures because we need to milk them we need to stretch it out and get the full context so to the unrepentant acts 17:30 30 to 31 is for you today therefore god overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance but now The Bible says, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. That is to change their old way of thinking. Because folks, that's what repentance is all about. It is not about telling God 10,000 times, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then you write back in the sin again. No, this is all about a turning of your mind, changing the way you think. So it says, he commands all people everywhere to repent. That is to change their old way of thinking, to regret their past sins, and to seek God's purpose For their lives. Because he has set. He has set. A day when he will judge. The inhabited world. In righteousness. By a man. Capital M. Talking about Jesus. By a man. Whom he has appointed. And destined. For that task. What task? To judge the unrepented, the unsaved day, I mean the unsaved dead, God in heaven has appointed a day for that great white throne judgment, and He has appointed Jesus for the task of judging those who have rejected him, so. By a man whom he has appointed and destined for that task. And he has provided credible proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Amen. But guess what? Just like the Lord God told the children of Israel in Ezekiel thirty-three eleven, Say to them. As I live, says the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back. Change your way of thinking. See, it's all about the mind because it is true. The battlefield takes place place in the mind. Satan would love nothing more than for you to stay in ignorance, not knowing the salvation plan of Jesus, not knowing that you can have your sins forgiven. You don't have to die in your sins because this is what God is telling the children of Israel. He's telling them and he's telling you, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live, turn back, change your way of thinking, turn back in repentance. From your evil ways. For why? For why should you die, O house of Israel? And he's saying this to you too, my friend. Why die in your sins? Listen, to you who have rejected the gospel, you must repent and obey the gospel you must not reject Jesus for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it to the Jew first and also to the Greek there is power in the gospel to save you, and we see this in Romans one sixteen Amen, for to you sinner man, sinner woman, you are on a collision course with certain eternal destruction, if you do not repent of your sins again, to repent means. Change your your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance. because once you repent of your sins, there should be a clear demarcation line drawn in your life where before you was a sinner man, a sinner, woman going after going after all of your lustful desires, all of your ambitions, all of your sexual lust, all of that. That's all you were doing, but now that you are in Christ Jesus, you have repented of your sins. There should be some fruit In keeping with your repentance showing up. So we are going to get to some examples later on. About what you no longer will be doing. Now that you have repented. And you are now in Christ Jesus. Because let no one fool you my friend. This is Your best life ever. In Christ Jesus. I can't begin to tell you. How much money. You are going to save. Because sin costs. I'm not going to tell you. About how much peace. You will have. Because when your mind. Is stayed on the Lord. He will keep you. In perfect peace. Amen. So live your live your life in a way that proves repentance seek God's purpose for your life and believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news cuz we're going to talk about what this good news is all about regarding salvation which means my friend to in essence no longer thinking sin is the big time fun because that's the way I computed it in my mind that how now I'm looking at at life I gotta look at it from the standpoint that sin is no longer the big time fun fill in the blank for you whatever that sin is now in Christ Jesus It doesn't have its same appeal. Okay. So, no longer thinking sin is the big time fun. And henceforth, walk in obedience to God. You must turn from your sin. You got to hate sin and turn to God. Jesus' first message out the gate. When he started his earthly ministry was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Please read Mark 1 verses 14 to 15. Look, it says, Now after John the Baptist was arrested and taken into custody, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom and saying the appointed period of time is fulfilled. He's telling the people, I showed up, the long awaited Messiah, here I am, that the appointed period of time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance, seek God's purpose for your life, and believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news regarding salvation. Because the Bible tells us in Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is death, but big old but right here, the free gift, hallelujah, of God—that is His remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers—is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. My friend, you don't have to die in your sins. There's some good news for you. You want to hear it? Here it goes. People can repent of their sins and be right with God again through faith in Jesus Christ. Let me say that again people can repent of their sins and be made right with God again through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Good news, right? So here we go with the gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as told to us by Paul, who was called to be an apostle by Jesus in First Corinthians fifteen, three to five, for what I received I passed on to you as of as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. Amen, my friend. God has made a way for us to be reconciled back to himself through the atoning sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is the good news that God loves the world enough to give His only Son to die for our sins, and we see this in John three sixteen, right? The gospel, the gospel is good news. Why? Because our salvation and eternal life and home in heaven are only found through Christ. He tells us in John fourteen one through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or or fade, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, and as first Peter one verses three through four, my friend, you must be born again. Amen, oh yes, my friend John. 3-3 three, three is absolutely crystal clear. You must be born again. Amen. So this gospel, it's assurance that forgiveness of sin is available to you in Christ Jesus. Sin prevents us from from having a relationship with God, but Jesus' perfect sacrifice on the cross made atonement for sin. We see this in Hebrews 2.17 and brought harmony to man's kind relationship with him. Jesus reconciled us back to God. Now we can proclaim this awesome good news to you, that people can repent of their sin and be right with God again through faith in Jesus. We see this in Romans five ten, and Colossians one20 20 to twenty one. You can be reconciled back to God. Don't let the devil fool fool you into thinking that you are just so messed up that God wants nothing to do with you. That is a lie. There is room at the altar of God for all of us. Those who are stuck in homosexuality, those who are stuck in fornication, idolatry, adultery, stealing, lying, covetousness, all of that. There is room at the altar for all of us. You wanna know something else? We need reconciliation with God because our relationship with him, it was broken when Adam when Adam disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden. You gotta understand, my friend, God is holy and righteous, and our sin separates us from him. We see this in Isaiah fifty nine two. Sin made us his enemies. And we see this in Romans five ten. On the cross Jesus took our sin upon himself, satisfying God's justice. Jesus' death made it possible for us to have peace with God. As 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, now we can be called God's friends and we see it is in John 15:15 15, 15, and Jesus and Jesus brothers and sisters yes we can we can be called brothers and sisters of Christ we see it is in Hebrews 2:11 those who have been justified through faith by Jesus' blood, no longer have their sins, their past sins, counted against them. They are reconciled with God by faith in Christ Jesus. Because, let us us be absolutely clear, there is nothing we can do To earn this salvation, nothing at all. Listen, we could never be good enough on our own to earn salvation. We could never give enough food to the poor to earn our own salvation apart from Jesus. We could never be rich or famous enough to earn our own salvation. Simply put, you need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Amen. No one is good. Nope. Not one single person born to a woman. Look at Romans 3.10. Starting at, yep, starting at verse 10. I'm going to take this all the way down to verse 18. Listen. As it is written there is none righteous no not one there is none who understands there is none who seeks after god they have they have all turned aside they have together become unprofitable there is none who does good no not one their throat is an open tomb, with their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness their feet are swift to shed blood destruction and misery are in their ways and the way of peace they have not known why verse 18 there is no fear of god of god before their eyes amen so God says in Ephesians 2 verse 8 through 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast amen like I said You need Jesus, my friend. You need to come up out of your sins and repent because you don't know when Hebrews 9.27 is going to be in full effect in your life. It tells us very clearly, it's appointed once. We all have an appointment with death. You don't want to be found in sin when Jesus calls you up out of that body suit. So we can keep playing around with this thing talking about, well, I don't believe everything the Bible has to say because you know it was written by man and man has a tendency to put stuff in that don't belong in it. It's just so much uh, contradictions. We don't know to trust it or not because you know what they say. Some books have been intentionally dropped and we can't trust, you know, regular men to um claim they they heard from God and wrote this stuff down. Listen, don't let the devil deceive you about God's word. God has appointed holy men to uh to write down his wisdom. These men, these these holy men have been set apart By the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. Moved on them. For them to write. God's holy commands. And wisdom. Down. For us to live by. So. God did not just. Drag some Joe Schmo. Off the street. And. And and had him write this down. Some ungodly person nor did anybody in their in their own thinking came up with you know what let me write the bible we just read in romans 3 that no one seeks for god not one person is good but god has chosen these holy men these apostles jesus disciples to write his wisdom down not to mention the the prophets of old so like i said you need jesus as do we all so i'm imploring with you today i'm appealing to your to your conscience to you to repent and turn from your sins and turn to God, because there is judgment coming, and you must be prepared to meet the living God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because you know how we just read in hebrews nine twenty seven that we all appointed once to die, and then after that, the judgment, what judgment? the great white throne judgment of revelation 20 look verses 11 through 15 tells us exactly what will happen what will happen to the unsaved dead listen to the final judgment the great white throne judgment because also remember how we just read that God has appointed a man capital M he's talking about Jesus and how do we know he's talking about Jesus because he says that he has appointed a man for this task and the the evidence was when he raised Jesus from the dead Jesus will be sitting on the great white throne so listen, verse 11, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. This is John, one of Jesus' disciples and apostle who was exiled, exiled to the Isle of Patmos for his testimony and witness and preaching of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah, so they quickly shipped him off to the Isle of Patmos and while he was there he received this awesome, awesome revelation from the angel, because God gave the message to Jesus, Jesus gave it to the angel, and the angel relayed all of this to John about the end times, so... Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And we also know that Jesus is God. Amen. And books were opened. And another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Folks, if you are not in Christ Jesus, when he calls you out of that body suit, you have not repented. You are still in sin. You have rejected Jesus. You have slapped God's hand of salvation away. And you thought that you could live your life any way that you wanted to? Okay, all that is being written down in the books of your life. So look, verse 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged according... No, and they were judged, each one according... To his works. Verse 14. Then death. Then death, and, and Hades. Were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found. Written in the book of life. Guess what. Was cast. Was thrown. Was hurled. Into the lake of fire. Amen. So my friend. Those who are dragging their feet and coming to Christ. I implore you today to repent of your sins and turn back to God. We need Christ Jesus. We need his atoning sacrifice. We need his shed blood poured over us so that we can have our sins forgiven. Amen. And now... And now to the saints, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John fifteen one through 11. And again, I'm reading out of the, the Amplified today. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not church, listen up. This is for us. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes. Why? So that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I which I have given you the teachings which I have discussed with you verse 4 remain in me and I will remain in you just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine Neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. Amen. Folks, we must remain in Jesus. We cannot be back off in the world doing our own thing. No. He says in verse 5, again, I am the vine. You Okay, lump of clay. You are the branches. The one, now listen, the one who remains in me and I in in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, Guess what? He is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers and dies. And they gather such branches and throw them into the fire. Don't that sound familiar? Revelation 20 verse 15. It says, what it says, and and whosoever was not found written in the book of life this is Revelation 20, right, was cast into the lake of fire. And so now we over here, what's this, John 15 I said? Yeah, John 15 is telling us the same thing. It's saying, and they gather such branches and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this. When you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. Amen. And that's the hallmark of a true disciple of Christ Jesus. We bear fruit. The the fruit of our faith should be showing up in our lives. Because if we believe that Jesus died for our sins sin no longer has a say it it has lost its grip in our lives therefore our lives now should be reflected of some of that some of that good fruit we are now producing right so jesus says verse 9 i have loved you just as the father has loved me remain in my love amen and do not doubt my love for you oh don't that just make your heart flutter oh that that right there that does something for me that tells me once again just how much jesus loves me how much he loves you now that now that you are remaining in him Yes, He says, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. Amen. So what does that tell us? That if we don't keep his commandments. And if we don't obey his teaching. We will not remain in Jesus love. That alone should make you stay. And compel you to remain on the straight and narrow path. Why would you want to now be out of Jesus love. When. By the grace and mercy of God and His long suffering, you finally got on board with the gospel. Don't go back out in the world getting yourself all tangled up and enslaved by sin again. Second Peter two in verse twenty tells us that it will be that if you do that, you will be worse off than before. It will be better, as he goes on to say. It would be better if you had never known the way of righteousness than to know it and then reject the command to live a holy life. Well, you proved the proverb that a dog returns back to its vomit and a washed pig returns back to the mud. No, Jesus says that If you keep my commandments and obey my teaching, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. Amen. So, where am i going with all of this folks we only get one shot at this thing called life and if we and if we live it in willful practicing deliberate prideful sin doing our own thing walking by the light of the torches we have set ablaze for our own lives apart from God in heaven And in essence Telling him I don't need you Nor your son I got this Folks we ain't going to make it Isaiah 50 11 tells us What our our Prideful behavior Will get us Listen Listen carefully All you who kindle Your own fire devising your own man-made plan of salvation who surround yourselves with torches walk by the light of your self-made fire and among the torches that you have set ablaze but this god is saying listen but this you will have from my hand. You will lie down in a place of torment. Amen. Can't we hear what God is saying? He's saying that if you want to live by your own devices? You want to go your own way? You want to do your own thing? Okay, well then let that life guide you, but let us not be mistaken what you will receive from my hand. He says, you will lie down in a place of torment. I keep telling you folks on the podcast, God ain't playing with that lake of fire, how many times do he need to tell us about this lying down in a place of torment? Revelation 14 tells us that anyone who takes the mark of the beast, that they will drink the wine of God's wrath, which has been poured full strength into his cup of wrath and the smoke of your torment will rise day and night and there will be no relief for you ain't nobody got time for that lake of fire so whatever you are doing in sin stop it amen so you too brethren okay must have a change of mind about sin. First of all, you must realize and understand that Jesus dealt with our sin problem at the cross because that's the problem. You got a lot of self professing Christians talking about how, oh, it's impossible to stop sinning. Why are you telling people to repent when you practically have to stop being a human being because we all sin? No, speak for yourself. We don't all sin. No, we don't make it a practice to stay in willful, everyday practicing deliberate sin willfully absolutely not we got the memo revelation 20 how many times does the lord has to remind us that if your name has not been found written in the book of life you will be thrown into this lake that burns with sulfur Not to mention all of the unsaved dead will be there. Satan will be there. The Antichrist and his false prophet. Nope. I don't know about y'all. So that's why I'm imploring both to the unrepentant sinner and my fellow brethren. Stay out of sin. It's not worth it. It and don't believe the lies that is impossible to stop sinning no it's not not if you have been truly born again not if you have truly met the real Jesus Christ who preached repentance he tells us in the book of Luke I want to say chapter okay it could be either 20 it may be 24 okay look it up, but he told us what to go out into the world and preach, and preach, he told us to preach repentance, and, and the remission of sins, that's what he told us to preach, so don't let anyone roll up on you, Trying to make you water down this gospel. If they have a problem with it. Then they need to take it up with Jesus. Because they may need to re-examine. Where they are in the faith. This message of repentance. Is a love message from heaven. If it wasn't. Then Jesus would never had started. His public earthly ministry. With the words Repent. For the kingdom of God. Is at hand. He's telling the world. I show it up. I'm here. So why would anyone. Well I know why. Because they are children of the devil. But you got people who claim. To be in the faith. Who are in secret sin. And then when. When they roll up. I'm using me for example. When they roll up on me to try to confront me because we are here teaching holy living and they are trying to convince us that that's impossible and that we shouldn't tell people this because it offends them. Why don't you te- why don't you tell them that God loves them? Well, the Bible's clear. God does not love the wicked. He does not love the evil doers. Because if that was the case, then Jesus would never have said, I'm going to tell many on that day, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He did not say, well, you know what? Come on in here. I'm a love on you anyway. It it don't matter that the whole time you were in that earthly body suit, you stayed in sin because after all, God is love. We got to wake up. We got to wake up and come out of these false churches, these apostate churches. Maybe at one time Jesus did send that preacher, but somewhere, somehow along the way, he too got corrupt. He went off the right. He went off, ah, he went off the right road, following. In the footsteps of Balaam, somewhere along the way, he got his eyes on the money tree. So, yeah, we need to walk clean, holy lives. Jesus is on his way back and he had told me to tell the people that his reward will be with him. Jesus will give to every man according to his deeds and according to his ways. Folks, this is so not a game. God God ain't playing. He ain't playing with us trampling over the blood of his son. He ain't playing with us grieving his Holy Spirit. You got to understand. God hates sin. You got to realize Jesus told us that when he returns, it will be as it were in the days of Noah. You got to understand just how wicked it was in Noah's day. Don't you realize that only eight people, eight people on the whole earth were saved. Everyone else died in that great flood. God is not into numbers. As a precious sister says, God is not into numbers. So listen, okay, right. You too, brethren must have a change of mind about sin. First of all. Like I said, you got to understand and realize that Jesus dealt with our sin problem at the cross. Look at Romans 6. We are dead to sin and alive to God. Listen, he says in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Don't let that apostate fake preacher fool you with the foolish notion that how you can't outsend God's grace. Really, what he's doing is giving you a license to sin. Look, Paul was even deal it, dealing with this back in his day. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that that grace may abound? Certainly not. Amen. I love to say it. Absolutely not. No. How shall how shall we who die to sin live in it any longer? Paul is asking the question: if we die to sin, then um How shall we who die to sin live in it any longer? We don't. Look, verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him, listen, through baptism into death, that that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's how we ought to be living. Walking as born again creatures. Walking in this new life of ours. This, this born again life. The new birth should be showing up in your life no longer do we walk and live in sin seeing how we died to it so if you died to it how is it that you are still in it then maybe you too need to go back to Jesus re-examine where you are in the faith because eventually As we get to know God better and better, we will sin less and less. That's the goal, to be conformed into the image of God's Son. We all got to get there at some point, rather sooner than later, In light of we don't know when our appointment with death is going to be. Don't take it for granted. Because see that's pride. Taking it for granted that you're going to live to a ripe old age. When I'm witnessing on YouTube. I don't know. Call it a morbid fascination. I don't know what it is. But these funeral ceremonies. Are showing up on my feed and 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 I'm watching it because every time I hear about someone dying, first thing that comes to my mind whether or not if they were in Christ and you you got the families they just bawling and it's it's really sad, and I'm watching these videos and my heart is just breaking because, as they are showing clips of the uh deceased, and some of them it is it's clear that they were not born again, and you just have to wonder what's going on in eternity with that soul because I don't know, unless they had a deathbed confession for Christ. I don't know. I don't know. But that just, it keeps hitting home for me. It keeps hitting home that life is but a vapor. You got people dropping like flies. So we can't take this lightly. So where was I? Right verse 5 of Romans 6. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man, listen up, okay, That our old man was crucified with him. You got to get this understanding deep rooted in your spirit. You have been born again. That old man died with Christ on the cross. We can't be false converts. My hand is raised. Y'all know my story. And if you are new to the podcast... I came to Christ in two thousand and two, but guess what? I was introduced to a false Christ. I was introduced to the Prosperity Jesus, who, who, who only, according to the wolf in sheep's clothing, who only wanted me to be blessed, rich, never sick, never have a problem, none of that. So, yeah. So from 2002 to 2019 I was deceived I'm still in sin and un, and, and unbeknownst to me because I you know because I can't always blame it on these pastors I myself didn't get into the, the scriptures for myself but I was under the impression that if my spouse committed adultery while we were married, then I was in a clear to a divorce. That's not what Jesus said. Check the podcast. I've done a few episodes on divorce, remarriage, and adultery. I was married three times. My first spouse is still alive, meaning marriage number two, marriage number three, I was an adulteress. I could have died any time. So folks, we got to understand time is of the essence. You must come out of sin. Don't reject sound counsel. Jesus see and this is this is the thing. People think that Jesus don't know what he's talking about in his word. Jesus obviously is wisdom. So whatever he says, it is the truth. He he even told us, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. So if you want to know about truth, go to Jesus. If you ever want to know the way to the Father, it is through Jesus. If you ever want to know about eternal life, go to Jesus. Jesus is the highlight and the spotlight in this whole thing. He is the Lord and master of the church. We are the branches. We are the clay. God is the potter. We listen to him. We don't walk off in pride doing our own thing and still want God to bless us. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So, if you, thank you, Holy Spirit. So, if you say that you have been crucified with Christ. Well, if we died with Christ. We believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing. No, hold on. Let me go back up here. Right. Verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So, folks, we have been freed from sin. So, don't fix your face any longer talking about how, oh, it's impossible to stop sinning. No, it's not. Sin no longer has a say. Unless you give it a say, the scripture is clear. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Listen. We are not greater than our master. If Jesus died once, um, right, if Jesus died once for all, he died to sin. So, what makes you think that you don't have to die to sin? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are not greater than Jesus. Jesus, so what? Jesus is. is is the only one that, that has to died once and he died to sin, but we can still call ourselves followers of Jesus and still be in sin. You ain't greater. I'm not greater than Jesus. If Jesus died once and for all to sin, verse 11, likewise, likewise, Paul is talking to believers. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ our, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Verse 12, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey, that you should obey it in its lust and do not. Present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God. Amen. As being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not... Now listen, verse 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but grace. Amen. Are we, are, are, are we hearing the facts of the case here? Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Folks, Paul is clear. We are to not allow sin to have control over us because we died to sin oh yes we did if you say that you have been born again and you have been baptized in the name of the lord jesus christ yes for you too sin no longer has control mastery domination it 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 has lost its grip in your life amen so eventually we all have to get here, allow the sanctification, the, the pruning to take place in your life. Listen, there will be no excuse. When Jesus calls you out of that bodysuit about how, oh, well, you know what? I, I just couldn't stop smoking these cigarettes. Or or I was just so in love with Bob. Jesus, I know you wanted me to be happy because Stephen, he cheated on me. Jesus says that his word will judge us on the last day. Because let us not forget 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, hallelujah, but you were sanctified, glory be to God, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me but not all things are profitable all things are lawful for me but I will not be mastered by anything amen namely sin folks we all know what Hebrews 10 and I'm going to end it here for the sake of time Okay, because I had a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm going to clip it and save that portion for later. For if you still think God is playing with us, that we, we, the church, can remain in willful, deliberate sin. You are deceived, my brethren, and you need to repent. Listen, the father ain't playing. Okay. Okay. Listen. I got something for you. Hebrews 10:26 to 39, okay? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day. Talking about judgment day approaching. Folks, let me just stop here for a moment. Judgment day is fastly approaching. We just read that. Don't let the charlatan at the false church fool you that this verse is solely talking about how you must not, how you must not forsake the assembling of yourselves, meaning cold talk of the wolf. You better come to church so that I can continue to beat you in the head with Old Testament twisted. Taken out of context scripture. Namely Malachi chapter 3. And intimidate and browbeat you with the false doctrine of tithing. That if you don't bring God his 10%. His money. God God is going to get you. Folks. Before I rant again about how we are not under God's command to keep any of those 613 laws of Moses he gave to Israel because tithing was one of the ceremonial laws. And Paul told us that if you keep one tithing, Sabbath, whatever that's up under the law of Moses, you got to keep them all. Otherwise you are under God's curse. So It was this law, it was never ever given to the Gentiles. The Bible is clear about that. Look it up. If you want to be set free from this false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed, study Galatians chapter 2, 3, and 5. Because we as New Testament, New Covenant, blood-bought believers in Christ Jesus, we are to give Cheerfully and with a willing heart, don't believe me second corinthians nine six through seven says now remember this He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously that blessings may come to others will also reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The scripture doesn't say God loves a cheerful tither, folks, and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Amen. Check the playlist. I have done, to the glory of God, many episodes on the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seeds to these wolves and sheep's clothing and apostate sinister ministers. Amen. So back to the scripture. Folks, let me just add this. We don't forsake ourselves from meeting with one another. Whether it be in in a brick and mortar building, the parking lot, the grocery store, the shoe store, or on various platforms, whatever. Let me give you a key because it was given to me. The purpose of this scripture is so that we can hold one another accountable as we meet with one another, wherever that may be, so that we don't go back into sin. Not to make sure we come to church so that the fake pastor can can count on your money to continue his lavish lifestyle. No. No. So that if we see a brother or sister in in practicing sin, we can pull their coattails and be like, Sis, bruh, you're going the wrong way. You need to repent and stop sinning. And how do we know this is so? Because of verse 26 of Hebrews 10 because the whole point of us not forsaking the the meeting up with one another, it could be one-on-one, on, one on one, it could be a room of 10, 20, 10,000. But the purpose while we are getting together, not to make the pastor rich, but to keep one another accountable. So that we don't fall back in sin. If we need to rebuke one another, encourage one another, whatever the case may be. So that we don't go back into sin. So like I said, how do we know what the context is? Verse 26 that if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace? For for we know him who said, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. Let me see how much time I got left. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to end this because I I don't want to have to take forever to upload this. So, folks, in closing, this is the mindset and the behavior, okay? Because we no longer think sin is the big time fun, right? No longer do you think using your body as a mattress to sleep around with people who are not your first coveted spouse is okay. No longer do you think watching porn and masturbating to the porn is okay. No longer do you think idolizing everything and everyone by leaving God out is okay. No longer do you think adultery and this includes adulterous remarriages is okay. No longer no longer do you think living a homosexual, lesbian, effeminate, transgender lifestyle is okay. No longer do you think being a thief, taking what is not rightfully yours, okay? No longer do you think being a covetous jealous greedy selfish desirous person is okay. No longer do you think being a fallen down drunk and druggy is okay. No longer do you think being a reviler Someone who uses words to damage, control, or insult someone's character or reputation, who speaks abusively or contemptuously to or of another person, is okay. No longer do you think being a con man, swindler, extortioner, one who is a criminal, who, who extorts money from someone by threatening to expose embarrassing information about them by means of violence, threats, intimidation, and pressure is okay. Folks, can't say it enough today. No, no longer do you think sin is the big time fun It leads you straight to a burning hell. Repent if you are doing any of these things, friends. Let us not forget, in closing, and I'm going to leave you all with this. This is our lifestyle now. Because just like I opened the podcast with this sentiment, we got but one life to live. Don't live it in practicing willful deliberate sin amen amen father in the name of Christ Jesus thank you so much for your salvation thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy father help us all today to get on board with the gospel come out of sin stop sinning by faith believe that Jesus is the savior of the world and that through his death burial and resurrection we have been reconciled back to you help your people today father to stay out of sin keep them lord continue to pray for us thank you for interceding for us lord Jesus Father, I give you all the glory, all the praise, and all my worship. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning. Come to Christ Jesus today. Today is the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart against the Lord. Amen. And like I always leave y'all with. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought. And stop sinning. Amen. Amen. Lord willing. I love you my friend. Until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.